we want to welcome you to the New Song Podcast, coming to you from beautiful Colorado Springs. We love receiving your prayer requests and comments at newsongcs.com. I'm caught up in this holy moment. I never want to leave. Oh, I'm not here for blessings. Jesus, you don't owe me anything more than anything that you can do i just want we're gonna sing it again in a minute lord would you minister to us what are you speaking to us each person would everybody just relax in the room just relax feel feel free to do whatever you need to relax and just sit in god's presence first word of this song said, I just want to sit at your feet. Let's just take a moment. He owe, we, we owe it to him, not that he, he requires it of us, but we owe it to take, just stop what we're doing. I can picture we walk across the trampled palm branches on the ground in the city the day after the night of Palm Sunday. A real day that really happened. And I can imagine if Jesus was doing that, he sees the branches on the ground and, and he, he sees the hearts of those that were waving them. And he doesn't, he doesn't say to us and he doesn't say to them, uh, you, you wicked people. I mean, he's, he said that at times, but here he, he comes into the city anyways. He goes anyways amongst his business that's going to send him to the cross because while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Would you just receive if you need forgiveness today? If you need love today? If you need someone, you feel like you've been beaten up? You need someone to uh, be on your side for a change? Well, you got someone on your side, the king. He's on his throne now. He's in heaven, and he's ruling, and he's taking care of you. Just say under your breath, I love you, Jesus. I receive your forgiveness. I receive whatever you have for me, whatever you have for me, nothing else. It's almost like the old school song I'm coming back to the heart of worship it's not about me it's all about you could we sing that part nothing else nothing else I just want you nothing else nothing else you sense nothing you sense his love sense the Holy Spirit he's in this room he wants to minister to you he wants to answer your questions he wants to bring peace bring comfort in Jesus name thank you Jesus thank you Jesus
nothing else, nothing else will do. We receive. I just want you. Nothing else. Nothing else. Nothing else. Nothing else. Nothing else will do. I just want you. Nothing else. Nothing else. We'll be done after we do this. Let's go back to that part that says, I'm sorry. Let that be uh, just kind of a general prayer for all of us. We all could say sorry to Jesus. Jesus. I'm sorry when I've just gone through the motions. I'm sorry. Is that you today? When I it just is sing you. I don't know who I'm talking song. to, but that's why Take me back to where he wants we to started. speak to you. Don't go through I the open motions. Up my heart to you. I'm sorry. Sing that again. Sing it again. I'm sorry. When I've come with my agenda, I'm sorry. When I forgot that you're enough. Take me back to where we started. I open up my heart to you. agenda you need Jesus to check off check off the blanks if you don't do this God then I won't go if you don't do this then I won't listen to you if you don't do this I won't pray if you don't do this you better end this pandemic because I'm just about over with you we don't we would never say that out loud but you know some of us are at our end and it's maybe not that but because of that the p word the pandemic because of that all other kinds of things have have mounted up on top of each other and they become bigger so tempted to say hey God can heal those things and yes he can take those away but even if they're not taken away I'm sure he'd love us to be able to say I just want you I just want you I just want you I don't come places for me I come for you I come for you I heard someone say today man you 
know what? I worked all day yesterday. I worked at, I, my job is causing, calling me to work on Saturdays now, and there's everything I could do to get up to get here. how we feel but we I just we just need to be reminded that we do this for you God we're in this for you because of who you are we're sold sold out we talked about last week not casually committed but completely surrendered to you do this song because when you do this song that's what happens I just it just maybe I, I yeah don't do this song anymore all right <laughs> we're gonna go to uh, you can continue to play you guys can be dismissed and um, we're going to uh, actually I'm going to show a video first um, and it's uh, seems not spiritual but you know when you talk about being Jesus hands and feet Yes, we worship him with our hands at church, but we also should be doing things outside of here. So watch this video and you can stop me, please. A new positive partnership has formed between the hospice care community and inmates at a largely medium security state prison in Pueblo. It's a project inspired by a chaplain. KRDO News Channel 13's Jasmine Arenas has the story. Today, patients here at the Joni Fair Hospice House are receiving handcraft-made gifts made by the women at the La Vista Correctional Facility. This is Shelly Fireball. I got the idea and took some yarn in and several of the offenders already knew how to crochet and all. And with COVID, they were scrambling to find anything to do. Offenders at the correctional facility are keeping themselves busy using loads of yarn weekly to make blankets and even doll clothes for hospice patients. As you can imagine with women, sometimes they don't get along so well and this has created a common good thing to do together so it's really kind of calmed the environment in there. This initiative inspired by her own pain. And then my sister sister-in-law got ill and ended up in hospice and passed away and so I I think God helped me come up with a plan to kind of marry hospice with La Vista and it's very very rewarding for me Sangre de Cristo Community Care serves up to 250 patients across Southern Colorado on a daily basis, but Pueblo is going to get the first batch of donations, a project where both parties need each other in a time of difficulty. For us to be able to give a handmade project to any of those patients at any of time uh, is going to be a stellar impact that really goes beyond the words. The women at Vista Correctional Facility take about a week to make these blankets. The Sangre de Cristo Care Center has received 75 handcrafted pieces so far. Now, Undone Ministries is accepting donations. If you'd like to contribute to the cause, you can head on over to our website for more information. Reporting in Pueblo, Jasmine Arenas, KRDO, News Channel 13. Today, Pueblo... Mm -hmm. Yes. Undone Ministries is a one of our main ministries that we support on our website, um, and Shelly's 
Shelly's the president, so we're, she's here today, and she's always here, but I um, asked her just to say a couple words before we receive the offering today, so it works. You just talk. Well, boy, that's a hard act to follow, huh? I think. <laughs> yeah. Do I have to turn something on? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Go. There? Yes. That, my friends, is the epitome of how God makes something good out of something terrible. When the whole um, pandemic is going on and you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't, well, I don't fall for that. I'm like, well, God, what can I? And as you saw, it was a very difficult time in my life. And so he, he gave me that idea because my sister-in-law was under hospice care. And so um, two things that have happened since then, the second um, item that was given out to someone, if you happen to notice that pink baby blanket, well, people donate yarn, and then I just take a big old bag of yarn and dump it out there. and. They come and say, well, oh, this is pretty. I think I'll make a baby blanket. But why would you need a baby blanket? And I'm like, well, they have a kid's program, and, you know, they can give it to the child or the grandchild or something of the patient. Well, already the first week, a baby who is declining rapidly in Canyon City got the pink blanket. The day that they did that filming, which was a week ago Thursday, that very day, my granddaughter, Shelby, who's 25, her boyfriend, Spencer, grandmother, lives in Pueblo West. And that very day, Grandma Spencer got diagnosed with pancreatic cancer and is declining rapidly. So officially, she was the first patient to receive the donation. They took it to her yesterday, and she didn't put it down the whole time that they were there. It was the blanket with the hearts on it. You might have seen that one. And then they also gave us a heart-shaped pillow with a little pocket in it. So Grandma Spencer is thrilled, to say the least. So I just want to encourage you. Um, I, I am taking donations of yarn, like from your closet. Some of you have already given me some. And that's the kind of thing that comes from that. It costs about... Um, 15 to $20 to make one blanket. And they're cranking out blankets faster than I can get the yarn to them. So as the person who's talking about offering today, I just want to encourage you in this time that there is something you can do. There's something you can do. Amen. And, you know, all of us don't have money. So we can't donate to a cause or even tithe right now or whatever. But you can pray. And um, I'm a chaplain at La Vista, and it's not a paid position. I'm a missionary for you guys. Mm -hmm. And you can support your church, so we can come here to be together, which does nothing but encourage each one of us every time we come. So support your local church <laughs> in Jesus' name. I love you. Amen. Amen. Ushers, go ahead and um, receive the offering, and we'll just pat, move on. Good job. Give give Shelly a big hand. Not that, not that you are going to um, 
lose your reward because I said to give you a hand. You didn't say, hey, everybody, give me a hand. You, I said it. So that's awesome what you're doing, uh, not only with the blankets, but with your ministry, with undone ministries at the prisons, with the ladies. And we've seen so many cool stories from that. You should follow her Facebook page. She's always posting things there. But uh, we are today in, um, in a in the second week of a series about the last days. And we're talking not necessarily about the last days we are in, because we might be. We just might be in the last three weeks, 30 days, 90 years. I don't know how long until Jesus comes back. But we're going to look at Jesus' last days on this earth and see how they help us to uh, navigate what we're dealing with. We need some help. And Jesus shows us, I love more than anything in the world, uh, in the Bible, I love the story of Jesus. The story of him healing people and miracles and people uh, coming to his feet, the children coming to him and the people coming in the city, the brand, I just love it all. And I love to talk about it. And um, today we're going to look at that because um, Jesus-focused people are driven by an expectancy that, um, yes, that, that Jesus is coming back, but until he comes back, we have to do everything we can to get others there too, right? You moved your head to make it look like I was doing that more. And that's our goal. We're not here to like, oh, let's get out of here as fast as we can. This world is going to hell in a handbasket. No, we need to bring people with us uh, on the way, um, but on that time, it, during that, we need to see how to do that. And Jesus shows us a great model. Nobody models the passion better than our Savior uh, in his last days on earth. Looking at the triumphant entry, we see, could you turn to your Bibles to Luke chapter 19? It's going to be on the screen too in just a minute. Um, we see a man so passionate uh, for what's coming, but he's not sidetracked by the cheers and this and that. He's not sidetracked. He's focused. We find Jesus getting ready to enter the city he loved, the capital city of his chosen people. He could have already been hearing the praises. It must have been quite the spectacle as he neared the city gates. I don't know if you've ever gotten distracted by something that, um, that was glittery. <laughs> That, uh, oh, look at this. I'm so tired of what I'm doing. I would love something else. I would love a new job. I'd like to take that promotion. I would like to go here. I would like, I'm, I'm just going to leave it up to you. We all get tired of where we're at, right? Uh, Cynthia, my wife, sometimes you, no, I'm no, I don't get tired of her. But maybe you get tired of your roommate or whoever, and you would love to move on. And Jesus says to us, don't get sidetracked by the cheers, by the glitter, by all of those things. Maybe you want to give up on um, this. Uh, carry your cross. Follow me. We get, maybe I, I just want to take a break from that for a little bit. Maybe we think about it. And then we realize what Jesus did. And we decide, instead of um, carrying my cross, I would love to focus on me for a while. Let's have some me time, right? We love me time instead of um, him time. You know, it can be easier. I will tell you this is the, the statement that everyone in the room will agree with. It can be easier to cater to the flesh than it can be to please God, can it not? 
Sometimes we got to do things we don't want to do. Sometimes we uh, are called places we didn't expect to be called to. We have to uh, do what God says, and maybe it's leaving your job. Maybe it's leaving everything you know. Maybe it's leaving your family. Maybe it's selling your house and doing that. That would be crazy if anyone in here had to do that, but it could happen. Oh, wait, it just did happen. Would you give it a big hand to Joe and Linda? Come on up here for a minute. You're like, what the heck? Joe and Linda are actually, I, this is just, uh, I was going to pray for them at the end, but I thought this is actually a perfect time. They decided to sell their house and um, leave their jobs, and they had another job that was asking them to come, and it was a church. And I called the church that asked them, and I said, no, they're terrible people. You will not like them. And so they interviewed them. You saw them gone for a couple of weeks. They were practicing. They, they, was, they were preaching there. And, and um, if you heard me pray one week, I prayed that they would do a bad job preaching. And <laughs> I guess it didn't work. That's just a joke. That wasn't funny. Okay, I know. Um, but they love them, and they decided they want them to come and be their pastors. And we knew that would happen at some point for you guys. Um, they're so gifted in so many different ways. And um, so get on out of here. We're done with you. No, <laughs> we're going we're gonna to pray for them today. Guess what? Like Easter is next week. The week after that is their first Sunday in, in Trinidad, uh, Colorado. Not Trinidad, the, co the country. Although I went on a missions trip there and... Actually, Trinidad, yeah, anyways, Trinidad's nice too, so you'll, you'll like it there too. But would you, everybody stretch out your hands towards them, um, and then this week, um, this next two weeks while they're here, what, outside of this, make sure to talk to them, and they, they'd love to talk to you about some different things. Um, and anything you can say bad about Trinidad, Colorado, tell them so that they don't decide not to go, but... Um, Lord, we just thank you for this couple. We thank you for this family. Joe and Linda Meekum are, uh, I think I told the, the steering committee at that place, they are the epitome of, of morals, character, integrity, theology, all wrapped up in uh, a big ball of love. And we thank you for what they've done here with their awesome servants' hearts. It's been amazing. It's been um, just uh, humbling for, all, for most people here to watch them work, <laughs> watch them give their time. Um, but, Lord, we knew uh, that this would not be forever, that they would, have, they would be moving on because there's a call in their hearts. And I remember back in November, as Joe shared with me, I don't know what the transition is, but I'm going through a transition. I don't know if it's with a job or if it's with what, but something's coming, and I don't know what it is. Well, God is preparing them because... It came. And so, Lord, we just thank you, and this, this prayer is not going to do it justice. Um, but we will continue to pray for them. Lord, we pray anointing like they've never experienced before. Amen, my brothers and sisters, upon their lives as they go. We pray courage. Lord, we pray confidence. Lord, we speak that confidence in them, not that... Uh, they're, they're, they're young, as Timothy was young, but we say, Lord, we pray that you would stir up the gifts that are inside of them, that they would be overflowing onto people, and people would be blessed and touched and ministered to and healed and um, 
and fixed from the problems they've faced in their life. Not that pastors can do all of that, but the Holy Spirit can through us when we're our vessels. So, Lord, we pray for that in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. 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 You're per- barely giving us a time to have a party for you. So I don't know what we're going to do. This just happened yesterday. So, um, yeah, I, I really am without words. But we love you. Yes? You want to say something? You're good. We'll talk. Maybe next week, maybe Easter Sunday, you'll come up and share. Um, so this is what God does. He doesn't necessarily, that's, that's usually the, op, the, uh, the, the um, not the first thing that God does is moves you from a place. He usually tells you to stay. I don't want to stay. Well, you need to stay. God do, does things like this, and it's much easier to cater to our flesh than to please God. Can I hear an amen? Unless you're perfect. If you were there that day outside the gates of Jerusalem, you and I would probably be more like the disciples than like Jesus. Because I'll tell you what Jesus was doing in a minute, but the disciples were getting their chests out like this, getting excited. Oh, we're getting a red carpet treatment. Finally, someone appreciates our sacrifice for Jesus. They're getting ready to welcome us into the town. Thank you. Thank you very much. We're so excited. They're checking their hair. They're checking their um, teeth to make sure they don't got anything inside them. And um, you'd assume Jesus was full of smiles, too, in the celebration. Yeah, I told you I enjoyed this time of year, so... I will tell my story how I would like to tell my story. Jesus was full of smiles, but he was wise to the glitter of the multitude. He was wise. He was wiser than he knew what was coming. We find Jesus not excited for the reception he would get at all. Instead, he's about a half mile outside the city at this point. Luke 19, and we're going to look at it right now. Jesus isn't celebrating. He's crying. He's weeping. My son the other day, uh, the Kansas Jayhawks lost in March Madness, and my mom, my mother-in-law was with us, and she said, Riley is C-R-Y-I-N-G. And I said, Riley can read, Riley can spell. He's 21. (laughs) He was crying about this, but this was much bigger, a bigger reason that he's crying. I'll go into that a little bit more in a minute. He says, as he approached Jerusalem and saw the city, He wept over it and said, stay with me because I'm going to explain it to you. How the glitter fades into these shallow sparkles. If you, even you, had only known on this day what would bring you peace. He's talking to the people of Jerusalem. But now it is hidden from your eyes. The days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment against you and encircle you and hem you in on every side. Man, when Jesus is prophesying, you better watch out. He's prophesying this. He's also recounting something that was already prophesied. Verse 44, they will dash you to the ground and you and your children within your walls. They will not leave one stone on another because this is the saddest part. You did not recognize the time of God's coming to you. Just leave that part up there for a minute. Jesus basically is saying, oh, people of Jerusalem, if you'd only knew, if you would have accepted me, but you didn't, you didn't understand, 
He's already crying about it because he knows what's to come. You would rather have conditional worship. Jesus, come on in and then do this, this, and this for us. That'll be perfect. And Jesus says, no, that's not how I was going to do it. Because of your hearts, peace in this poor city will be very rare. And even to this very day, we see terrorism, we see a lack of peace in that area. And it's for many other reasons, but partly because the people still could not receive him and they did not recognize him. I want to tell you just a quick little part here. Some of you will be uh, bored by this, okay? Um, but it's very cool in that Jesus cried on this very day for a very, re for a very specific reason. Uh, Carl pointed it out to me. And um, I'd say it like this. Although I don't have time to get into this today, I, I want uh, to help you see something really interesting. Jesus crying. Jesus crying here is partly as a result because this very day in history, when this happened, wasn't called Palm Sunday at the time. It was like April 6, 32 AD, right around there in, in the calendar that we would understand. Jesus is crying because this day in history when the Messiah would establish his rule, because Jesus came into the city, he established his rule. It was just in a different way. Stay with me just for a minute, then we'll move on. But this day was very specifically prophesied in Daniel chapter 9. And if you go into it, and I could give you a whole bunch of stuff about it, but 173,880 days to this day when Daniel prophesied it. He said, this is going to happen in seven weeks times seven weeks times da, 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 da. He goes into this. It turns out to be 173,880 days. To the hour Jesus was coming into the city, this happened. And it prophesied that Jesus would cry. It said, and he cried because Luke 1944, they did not recognize the time of his coming. They recognized the time of their visit visitation. That's just a little side note. But it's scary. It's a scary comparison. The, the town of Jerusalem, Jesus is crying for them to another nation that Jesus cries over. A nation that would probably do a great job of welcoming Jesus with pageantry. They would do a great job with that, but then the other part, their hearts would be far from him. In these last days, when it comes to repentance, to a nation turning from their wickedness, Second Chronicles 7, right? Turning from your wickedness and praying and, and coming to, to God and saying, forgive us. Um, we are pressing in instead, not to that. We are pressing in, in, in America to our sin all the more. Would you admit that sin is greater now than it's, it's ever been in the earth? And Jesus would say, if you would only humble yourself and pray and seek my face, but he cries over another nation. It's not Jerusalem, it's us. It's really kind of scary, and I wasn't going to say this, but, you know, there's no mention in the Bible of where the United States fits into everything. I don't know why that is, but um, it's exactly why Jesus says, if they don't praise me, the rocks will cry out. People are telling him to stop worshiping. He's waving the palm branches. If you don't praise me, the rocks will cry out. He says this because he literally understood the weight of this very day, A.D., 32 A.D., 
that was ordained through the centuries. So he's saying, so praises, no matter what you do, they're going to be lifted up. Creation will praise me if they don't because this day holds a lot of weight. He might say to us today, if you, even you had only known on this day what would bring you peace, but now it's hidden from your eyes. Oh, how exciting. Thank you for encouraging us today, Pastor Stephen. This is a wonderful message of encouragement. I know, I'm making the point that the prophecies were coming to pass. But then what follows uh, before all is said and done, and this is the parallel I want to bring to us, is that Peter denies Jesus. The crowd just did what they did, right? Then Peter denies Jesus. Then um, Thomas... I know you talked talk good about Thomas one week because your name is Thomas. But he did doubt Jesus, and he, did, he, gave, he came back to He realized that he was doubting wrong. But then there was also Judas who betrayed Jesus. All of these things happened right after. This was Jesus' last days on earth. This is the way he's thanked for what he did. What do we learn from Palm Sunday? What can we... What can we take away from this? Jesus might say to you, um, uh, first of all, I would say we are the crowd, right? We say Hosanna. In these final days, we plead, save us, save us, Hosanna, save us while we walk into our temples on Sundays. We wave our branch to the king to conjure up in our mind what we want the king to do for us. If you'll make us successful, if you'll fix this, then I will. We talked about that a little earlier with the unconditional worship. Jesus might say to us today, just as I did in that prequel outside the city, I cry for you because you don't recognize me. The Holy Spirit would pose to you an honest question today. In navigating the last days we live in, whose example will you follow? Will you follow Peter? Will you follow Thomas? Will you follow Judas? Or will you follow Christ? Christ says, I'd rather please God than please man. I will weep and I will pray over my nation. And I will not practice conditional worship. Um, I'm going to ask my brother, come on up. Don't play that song. That, no, I'm just kidding. Actually, play that one. That's a perfect one. I ask you this. Will you let Jesus take up his place on the throne of your heart, which requires total surrender, or will you conjure up a throne that only requires casual commitment? It's a big, long sentence. I actually forget what I said, too. <laughs> will you be casually committed? I know you, I asked this last week, but this whole series, that's the only thing I'm asking. I'm not singling any one of us out. Or will you be wholly surrendered? That's a question we got to always come back to. we got to always come back to that in our walk with Jesus. Jesus says, take up your cross and follow me. And um, we forget that. We think it's all about us. We think it's all about uh, help me. But it's about giving up. It's about surrendering. It requires more than casual commitment. It requires total surrender. 
It's easy in these days, I know. For Jared, not anyone else, because he might, uh, might have said this. I want to be more like Thomas because I have a lot of doubts right now. I just asked a girl to uh, marry me, and I don't know if she likes me. No, I'm just kidding. I know that she likes you. But we have doubts about other things. I'm more like Peter. I just found myself denying Jesus three times. I didn't say I don't know him, but I just might as well have said it that way because I act like I don't know him. People don't know I know him. I feel like Judas. I, I got this going on. Do you know what happened to me this last year? Yeah, I know what happened to you this last year. I have so many distractions that I'd rather betray Jesus than give up my life. And Jesus said um, something about Judas that's pretty disheartening. It's a little bit of a side note, but many theologians believe Judas never really even engaged with Jesus enough to call him Lord. Maybe he never was a Christian, never was a follower. He was just a watcher. Because Jesus said about him in, in John and Matthew, um, he was doomed to destruction. John 17, 12, Matthew 26. It would be better for him that he had not been born for Judas. That's what Jesus said about him. He would have said, I forgive him, but I don't think it's because Judas never gave him his heart. Why would I, why would I bring this up? Well, I fear that Judas uh, is a disease that all of us have had at one time or another. Um, I, I believe, first of all, I want to mention something for some people. I've said this before, and it, it, it ministered to them. That Jesus said it would be better that he'd be doomed, uh, never been born, than to be alive. And he committed suicide, right? And I don't believe that's why he's doomed to destruction. I believe he was doomed to destruction because he never asked Jesus to be a part of his life. He never served him. It wasn't from the suicide, even after walking with him for so long. Anyways, I fear the disease that Judas has is more common than we like to think. Let me tell you, I promise you, this is not in my notes, but I promise you, I'm speaking to myself as well. I, I want to always reevaluate how much I love Jesus, how much I choose to follow. I have decided to follow Jesus, no turning back. They always sing that every week at church. Is there no turning back? I'd say this. I keep getting sidetracked, but we become accustomed to Jesus' presence, his miracles, but we still go, go about living less than sold-out lifestyles. And Jesus cries for us. We're going to sing this song. Uh, you can sing it just once through and make me come back up. Say, come back up. I want you to know that Jesus cried, but then when he cried, he was a half mile outside the city. He continued towards the city, right past the camera. He continued towards the city. Because while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still casually committed while we were still uh, questioning, doubting, betraying. He died for us. 
even after you served Jesus 25 years and you said, no more, 30 years, I'm done. 35, okay, now I'm done. I am so tired of this. I quit. He still died for you. And he, and he doesn't uh, hold it against you for how you uh, continue to deny him and deny him and deny him. He still loves you. We'll close in just one second. Let's sing this together. I'm caught up in your presence. I just want to sit here at your feet. I'm caught up in this holy moment. I never want to Blessings, Jesus, you don't owe me anything more than anything that you can do. I just yes. want you. I'm sorry. When I've just gone through the motions, I'm sorry. When I just sing another song, take me back to where we started. I open up my heart to you. I'm sorry when I've come with my agenda. I'm sorry when I forgot that you're enough. Take me back to where we started. I open up my heart to you. I just want you. Nothing else. Nothing else. Nothing else will do. I just want you. Nothing else. Nothing else. Nothing else will do. I just want you. Nothing else. Nothing else. Nothing else will do. I just want you, nothing else, nothing else, nothing else will do. The hardest thing um, to do is convince church people, I'm a church person, some of you are church people, convince church people that they need repentance too, right? Like, very rarely do we have an altar call at church because most of the people, you know, most people are Christians already, right? I don't think it would hurt for us to um, come to God's altar every week of our lives. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads for a minute. Put away your preconceived ideas of an altar call right now. This isn't a, a typical altar call. But this is a call from the Holy Spirit to us.
And he asks, who will come to me? Jesus asks, who will come to me? After the palm branches are put down, after we walk out of the church, out of the lights are out, after the fancy lights are turned down, after the smoke is gone, I love all that. I wish I had that here. Some of you would be like, no, we don't need it. But after all that, do you, do you love me, Peter? Do you love me? That's what he said to Peter, like 50, 20 days later, I don't know, a few days later after he rose from the dead. Do you love me, Peter? Peter says, yes, I love you. Of course I love you. I've been following you my whole life. I go to church every Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday with you. He says, then wh why, aren't you, why aren't you feeding my sheep? Why aren't you, like, proud of me? Why aren't you letting people know who I am? He didn't say, why aren't you on a street corner on a, on a ladder holding up a sign that says you're going to hell? He just says, why aren't you letting people know about my love? Do you love me? Jesus would ask us the same. Today I ask you to put down everything else in your, in your preconceived ideas of what it means to be a Christian and who would raise their hand and say, I could do better at being fully surrendered. Just raise your hand. I could be better at being fully surrendered all across the room. I'll preach till two if not everybody raises their hand. <laughs> I, you, you get it. You get what I'm saying. I made a joke to relax you, but who wants to be fully surrendered? Now with your hands put back down again, I do want to make a motion. Uh, if you're here in the room and you don't know Jesus yet, you haven't served him, you walked away from him a long time ago, or just, just a year ago when you gave up, and you say, today's my day, I'm coming back to him. Everybody, keep your eyes closed just for privacy. Anybody need to come back to Jesus today? Just right, put your hand up and put it right back down real quick. You can learn, amen, you can put it right back down. You can learn to be more courageous later, but right now you can just put it right up, put it right back down. Anybody else? Amen. Would you stand with me? I'm going to ask us to say this prayer together. It's not written as a prayer in my, in my notes, but I'm going to make it a prayer. Don't repeat it. Let's just pray it. I'll pray it and you, you agree with me. Lord, we thank you that you can handle hardened hearts. You can handle betrayal. You can handle our, our denial. You can handle when we're not proud of you like we should. You can handle when we worship you conditionally. But Lord, we also thank you that you have the power to forgive us to restore us. And Lord, right now I pray for restoration across this room. If anyone feels like, um, you know, you restore a house, when you restore it, it's better than it was when it started. Lord, I pray for restoration in somebody's house, in their house, in their heart. Lord, I thank you that you empower us as you've empowered our, our brother and sister, Joe and Linda. Lord, I pray that you continue to empower all of us wherever you've called us. You empowered us empowered Shelly. She didn't ask to be on the news about it, but she was empowered to do what she could do. I pray you empower all of us 
to do what we're called to do in these last days. And Lord, we ask that will you enter the gates of our hearts again as you entered the gates of that city. And we say to you, Hosanna, save us. Bring about your purposes in our life. Would you say that with me? Say, bring about your purposes in my life. Thanks for listening today. Remember, God wants to do the possible for you and me. We encourage you to become a deeper part of what we are doing. Visit us at newsongcs.com and become a giver to the New Song Foundation and an investor in bringing this message of Jesus across the world. God bless you.